Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Well, hello, everybody. This is your host, Andy Storch, and I am recording and publishing this in November, which is coincidentally National Career Development Month, at least in the United States. And I figure we might as well celebrate this around the world as well, because career development is important to just about everybody, maybe accepting some retirees and those who are independently wealthy, but even those who are entrepreneurs like me who are running a business, you have to be thinking about your business and your career. And if you are a talent development, leadership development professional, or a leader or a manager, you also get to be thinking about the careers of the people you work with or the people you manage or the people you support, which means that you're not only thinking about your own career, which we're all thinking about, but you're also thinking about those careers or the careers of the people that you're working with, supporting, managing. And I hope that you are. And even if you aren't a manager, you're not in talent development, I hope you're thinking about ways that you can support other people with their careers as well. As you may know from following, I'm big on abundance and I always love helping, supporting, collaborating with other people, even if they're in a similar space. I don't really believe much in competition. I really truly believe that there is an unlimited amount of money, success, and love in the world. And I hope that you will believe that as well. All right, let's get into the topic today of career development. And I'm making this to go on both of my podcasts, the Talent Development Think Tank podcast and the Own Your Career show. So if you're listening to one and you're interested in checking out the other, go check it out. But you'll hear this same episode on both. And uh, I'm excited to dive in. I actually made this exhaustive list of things that you can do to support other people as well as for your own career. And I published it as a newsletter, which I sent out to people on my email list most recently, just a week or so back. If you're not on my email list, go over to andystorch.com slash career and go sign up there. If you haven't downloaded my bonus free bonus resources, go to andystorch.com slash bonus and put in your email address. You can download all of my free bonus resources there, including the five steps to owning your career. And that will get you on my email list for future newsletters. You can also follow me on LinkedIn where I'm sharing a lot of content and of course, get more about owning your career in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. All right, let's get to today's topic. And here's the way we're going to be doing this. We're going to be breaking this up into two sections. The first section is all about how to support yourself in owning your career and owning your life. And the second section is going to be for leaders and those in talent development. And if you're on my email list, I did it in the reverse order, but I'm going to flip this around because I think we need to start with ourselves and thinking about how we own our own careers and set an example for others. And then we can start to think about how do we support other people in owning their careers. All right. So For all of you out there who are working and you have a career and you're thinking about how do you achieve more success, more fulfillment, more happiness in your career, here are some things for you to think about. Number one, set clear career goals. There's a lot of studies around supporting this. I talked a lot about this in my book and talk about it in the keynotes that I give in companies, but it's really important to define specific achievable career goals for both the short and long term. In my book and the keynotes, I often refer to this as your vision for your career. Where do you want to be in, say, three to five years? And then breaking that down into milestones or smaller goals. And I'm a big fan of using the SMART framework, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Actionable, 
relative, and time-bound. So this can include, uh, these goals can include aspirations for new roles, new skills you want to develop, new projects you want to lead, new types of work you want to take on, work, people you want to work with, companies you may want to work for, or companies you want to start. Any of those things could fit in. And think about what's that bigger vision that you have for yourself? Where would you like to see yourself in three to five years? It's almost like a cliche now, but really, if you think about the work you're doing, do you want to be doing more of it? Do you want to be doing something different? Do you want to make some slight tweaks or make a complete change in your career? Maybe you want to move into HR or sales or start your own business. What is the thing that you really want to accomplish? And start to really break that down into, okay, what is a plan or goals that are going to support that? And I can tell you from experience that the more clarity you have in the vision you have for your career, the easier it is to make decisions along the way and to start taking action towards that. Doesn't mean things are going to work out perfectly. Doesn't mean that you're held to that, like you can't pivot later on because you absolutely can. I have many times. But it's better to have something to be working towards so that you feel more fulfilled like you're working towards something. And that usually leads to greater and better things. And again, I'm a big fan of using SMART goals, specific measurable actionable, relative, and time-bound. And you can ask yourself the question, if someone was going to hold me accountable to this, what would they be asking me about? How would I measure my progress? Okay. Number two, identify strengths and areas for improvement. This is where you can conduct a self-assessment to understand personal strengths and areas that may need further development. I'm a big fan of starting with self-reflection and self-awareness. I really see this as the foundation to owning your career. How can you figure out where you want to go if you don't even know yourself. And yet something that's missing for so many people is this concept of self-reflection. Most people don't take time in our crazy world where we're bombarded by notifications and requests all the time, emails, social media notifications, text messages, calls from our boss, our spouse, our kids. Rarely do people take much time to just sit down with a cup of coffee and a notebook and a pen and just think and write about who you are and how you got to where you are and where you want to be going. And you can use this to identify your strengths and your areas for improvement. So what are the things that you're really good at? And what are those weaknesses, those things that you want to improve? You can also do more formal assessments like the Strengths Finder, Clifton Strengths Finder, DISC, or others. Or you can start to ask for feedback from colleagues and friends. Hey, what do you see as my greatest strengths and my areas for improvement? And then you can start to work on those. But I, I guarantee you that's going to really help you. One of the best things I ever did was really try to hone in on my strengths, the things I'm good at, and build a career and a business around those strengths instead of constantly trying to to fight my weaknesses. So for example, for many years, I worked as a data analyst in the insurance industry. It was a lot of Excel work. And I actually like Excel. I know a lot about Excel, or at least I used to, but it's not really my strength. It's not really what I excel in. It's not very fulfilling for me. What I love is getting up in front of people, talking, teaching, inspiring, motivating. And so I started to build a career around podcasting, hosting events, speaking, right? I get to do the things that I love. You might be complete opposite. You might say, I have to lead some meetings sometimes and I hate it. I just want to be sitting and, and you know creating pivot tables in Excel. Awesome. See if you can build a career around your strengths and the things that you really like. So number one, set clear specific goals. Number two, identify strengths and areas for improvement. Number three, seek learning opportunities. You know, the days of getting a, a college degree or a master's degree and working in that one field for 30 years are pretty much over. And we know the pace of change is getting faster. Things are changing all the time in the world. So we've got to be actively seeking out training, workshops, online courses, things that we can learn from, books, books, 
podcasts like this one, we've got to keep seeking out learning opportunities so that we can keep getting better, not only in the field that we're in today, but the field we may want to move into tomorrow and things that we don't even know exist yet. So really starting to look at and analyze trends like AI and other things to learn as much as we can and be ready to dive into those spaces and develop our careers further. Chances are, if you work for a big company, your organization probably provides so many great learning resources and opportunities that maybe you're just not taking advantage of. And if they don't, then you can go out and seek those resources on your own. As I've said many times in the past, we are very lucky to live in a time really of unprecedented access to information. You can pretty much go learn just about anything you want in different ways and formats. You can buy any book you want on Amazon or find it at the library. You can listen to audiobooks and Audible. You can listen to podcasts about anything you want. You can uh, take online courses, go to LinkedIn Learning. You can attend conferences. You can just get access to anything. And obviously on YouTube, you can learn how to do just about anything you want to fix at your house, etc. So there's really no shortage of knowledge in the world. It's more about what you do with it. Number four, expand your network. I wrote two chapters in my book about how networking has not only impacted my life in such a positive way, but can be the catalyst to help you achieve more success in the future. In fact, when I give keynotes and I talk about the top ways to prepare yourself or set yourself up for future success, networking is one of those top three things you can be doing along with learning and building your personal brand. And I think it's absolutely critical to set yourself up for future success, to be engaging in some type of networking activities, building relationships, maintaining relationships on a regular basis. You could also be connecting with people who are doing interesting things, learning from people inside and outside your organization. I always recommend attending industry events, conferences, workshops, meeting and connecting with professionals in your field and outside of your field to really learn about what's going on, which is one of the best ways we learn is from talking to other people and hearing what they're working on can really provide valuable insights and opportunities and also help you build relationships that could lead to future jobs, business opportunities, projects, friendships, uh, who knows, whatever it is, but you don't know until you go out there and start talking to people. You can start searching and looking for events you can attend online or in person. I regularly attend a lot of events in person, but I also look for ways to connect with people through LinkedIn and other methods. And I just keep making new friends and looking for people who are doing interesting things and learning as much as I can from them. It's really, I think, one of the key ingredients to success in life and your career is expanding your network. Number five is engage in mentorship or coaching. Now, this is something that a lot of people ask about all the time. And I think it's really important to find mentors in your life. We're not meant to do things on our own. And therefore, we've got to be seeking out people who can help us. It's okay to ask for help. It's good to ask for help. And it's great to help others as well. So seek out mentors or coaches within your organization or outside of your organization, your industry, who can offer guidance, advice, support, and career development. And I think it can be helpful. I've heard people say that, and I found myself to be really specific about the type of person you're looking for and what you want to accomplish with them or you want you want to learn from them. So I'm building a business as a speaker and trainer. And while there are many people out there in the world I admire, a lot of them are not doing the things that I'm doing, so they might not be the best mentor for me. A great mentor for me would be someone who's doing a similar thing, who has done the thing that I want to do, or who knows about the specific topics that I want to learn about. And so you want to get specific about, okay, what would you want to learn from somebody? Who's the type of person you want to learn from? And then start to look for opportunities to connect with those types of people. I've noticed recently a lot of companies 
that I've been working with have formal mentorship programs that you can sign up for. So if yours does, make sure you go take advantage of that. Sign up to be a mentor, sign up to be mentored. But if it doesn't, you know, get on LinkedIn, go connect with people, find somebody who's doing something you want to do and just see if they'll have a virtual coffee with you and let the, let you ask them some questions. Number six, take on stretch assignments. This is a great way to learn more about your craft and the world of work that you're in, the field that you're in. You could volunteer for projects or tasks that may be slightly outside of your comfort zone, and this can help build new skills and showcase your capabilities. Many companies I work with, like Juniper Networks, are creating talent marketplaces and encouraging employees to take on more gig-type assignments to gain new skills and discover new roles. So if your company does something like that, you perhaps you can start by taking on a special project or a gig. If it doesn't, then could you go to someone else outside of your team and find out what people are working on and see if you can take on a special project role, maybe talk to your boss about being able to do that or take on a side gig, you know, a side hustle as people call it, doing something outside of your normal job to gain experience and build your knowledge and maybe make a little extra money too. But the main focus here is in building skills for the future. Number seven, foster relationships with managers and leaders. This is really important if you want to move up inside of an organization or find different opportunities inside of an organization. You want to establish open communication with your boss, with supervisors about career aspirations, seek feedback on performance and areas for improvement. And an important lesson I've learned over the years is that nobody can help you if they don't know what you want. So one of the biggest frustrations I see out there in the working world is that there's a lot of great managers. There are some really bad managers, and I've had some bad managers, unfortunately. But I think there's a lot of really great managers who want to help their people, and they just don't know what their people want. Your, your manager doesn't know what you want in your career unless you tell him or her or them what it is you want to achieve or what you aspire to, even if it's their role or something completely different. You've got to be willing to book that meeting and have that conversation if you want to get some help from somebody. So I've heard many managers who want to help their employees, but they just don't know what they want. And I know it can be scary to do this, to start this conversation with your manager, but if you don't do it, then you're never going to get the help you need. And you never know where it might lead if you're, if you're willing to just take a little chance, have some courage and, uh, and have that conversation. So foster relationships with managers and leaders, have that conversation with your manager or others inside your organization. Number eight, show initiative and take ownership. If you listen to me for a while, you know I'm big on owning your career, taking ownership, taking full responsibility. You can't rely on others, wait for others. You've got to take the ownership, take the initiative, take the responsibility, set the vision, make the plan, and demonstrate a proactive attitude by taking that ownership and seeking out new responsibilities, proposing solutions to challenges. Don't wait for that stuff to come to you. You know, say, hey, manager, I, I saw this thing going on and I thought this could be an interesting solution. Look for ways to proactively solve problems. Remember, nobody cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to be the one to own it. You've got to be the one to take initiative and go out and solve some of this stuff. And you're going to need help from your manager and others to find success in your career if you work in the corporate world. But employees who take more responsibility end up achieving more and feeling more fulfilled. Number nine, document achievements and accomplishments. Uh, one of the best ways to set yourself up for future success is to build your personal brand, which is essentially your reputation and what people think about you. As I mentioned earlier, I talk in often you know, in my book and in my keynotes about 
the top three ways to set yourself up for future success. Number one is investing in continuous learning, which we talked about. Number two is building your network, which we talked about. Number three is building your personal brand or your reputation. Oftentimes people don't know what you can do or have done unless you tell them or find a way for them to know, right? So you've got to find a way. And this is always a tricky balance because I know we don't ever want to seem like we're bragging, but if we keep completely silent and nobody knows the work we do, then we're not going to be recognized for it. We can't build that brand, that reputation. So you may need help from your manager on this, or you might want to keep a record of significant accomplishments, projects, contributions. This can be valuable when updating resumes or discussing, you know, having that career conversation with your manager that we talked about earlier. Number 10, stay informed about industry trends. You can't rely, rely on your old degree like we talked about earlier. You've got to invest in continuous learning. You've got to stay up to date on the latest developments, the technologies, the trends that are going on in your field. This knowledge can be valuable in advancing your career. Number 11, participate in professional development opportunities. Uh, We talked a little bit about this earlier with networking, but you want to engage in internal training programs, workshops, seminars offered by the company that you work for to really enhance your skills and your knowledge. I know it's easy to, you see those things and think, oh, that'd be nice, but I have so much work to do. Remember that you've got to invest in your own development, whether that be time or money. You've got to really sharpen your saw. So if you're not familiar with that old metaphor, I told the story of my book and often telling keynotes as well about two lumberjacks competing to see who can cut down the most wood and the first lumberjack chopping nonstop for eight hours, hearing the second lumberjack taking breaks and thinking that he's got it in the bag. And then at the end of the competition, seeing that the second lumberjack has won the competition by chopping down more wood. And the first lumberjack is incredulous and asks, how in the world did you do that? And the second lumberjack said, well, every time I took a break, I was sharpening my ax. And you as a knowledge worker, your ax, you're probably not a lumberjack. If you're a knowledge worker, your ax is your mind, your brain. And so you've got to be taking time to sharpen your brain. You've got to be taking time to sharpen your tools and stay up to date on those latest trends. And so when you see those learning opportunities pop up, and I do this too, like, I'm just too busy to do that. No, you need to take time every day, every week, every month to invest in your own learning to see what's going on and keep updating your skills so that you don't get left behind. Number 12, build a personal brand online. So I talked about building a brand and making sure people know about the work that you've been doing and building your reputation inside an organization. Have you thought about building your personal brand online as well? So this includes social media, of course, with LinkedIn being the number one place if you're in the professional world. You can do this by sharing insights, articles, reviews, engaging in discussions, sharing posts from time to time, commenting on other people's posts. An example I gave in my book that I think could be helpful for a lot of people is that you don't have to feel pressure to create a, a, you know original content all the time like I do. You could just post about a book you read or a blog or an article you read or a podcast you listened to that was really helpful and just say, hey, I just listened to this podcast by Andy Storch. It was really helpful in helping me think through my career. I can't wait to go get his book and read through the rest of it. I highly recommend you check it out too. That's something that is helpful to other people and shows that you are interested in learning and improving yourself. And that registers in people's minds and builds your personal brand and your reputation as someone who is interested in learning and growing in their career. So I think it's a double whammy thing that can that can only help. It can't really hurt unless you're recommending something absolutely terrible and people go and spend their time on it. But we know that this podcast and my book is not terrible. So you're fine there. Number 13, seek feedback and act on it. 
Be open to constructive feedback and actively work on areas of improvement. This demonstrates a commitment to personal and professional growth. I know this is really hard, but it might be one of the most critical factors for growing in your career and achieving more. It's definitely something that's helped me a ton in my career. And it's, I, I still have a hard time asking for and accepting feedback from people. And I know the reason deep down, every time someone says, hey, you know, that podcast episode could have been better. It's hard not to take it as like a personal attack. Are you saying that I'm terrible? No, they're just saying that, hey, I care about you and your podcast could have been better or that keynote could have been better. You know, I had a, a, an executive walk up to me one time after a keynote and say, hey, that was good. Uh, I thought it could be better if you included more personal stories. And I thought about it and I went, you're right. And it, you know, part of it hurt a tiny bit in the moment because you're not saying I'm amazing. But what you did was you gave me a gift that's going to allow me to get better in future keynotes. And it did. I went back and rewrote my keynote and started telling more stories. And it just keeps getting better and better and, um, and getting better feedback and better reviews. And that's thanks to getting feedback from people throughout a process, right? Throughout this, this journey. And so you need to be actively seeking feedback, both direct feedback from people asking them like, hey, what did you think of this? What was good? What could I improve? And sort of reading the room or seeing what happens when you do things that counts as feedback as well. You can learn from all these different opportunities and then you want to take action on it, right? You don't have to take action on everything. You don't have to listen to all the feedback you get. Sometimes people give you unsolicited feedback that you really don't need. But if it is constructive, if it's good, if it's helpful, then take action on it, do something with it. And that's how we're going to keep getting better. Number 14, explore career paths within your organization. So your organization probably has more career opportunities than you realize if you work for a big company. If you are an entrepreneur or someone who works in a you know, freelancer like me, or you work in a really small company, this may not be the, the case. But for a lot of people who work in really big companies, your organization probably has more career opportunities than you realize, especially when you decide to not worry about the old corporate, quote, ladder and focus on development and growth instead. So what I mean by that is instead of saying, well, I want to improve and grow, but the only thing I care about is getting a promotion, then you might be setting yourself up for frustration or disappointment because what I'm hearing more and more is that companies are becoming more egalitarian, more flat, there's less promotions available. Instead, think about what are the ways that I want to grow in my career? What are the new skills that I want to learn and develop? What are the things that I want to learn? What types of projects do I want to work on? What kind of work do I want to be doing? What types of people do I want to work with? And how do I want to get better? And what would be really fulfilling for me? Or what needs does the organization have? Where can I provide the most value? And hopefully you're going to be rewarded for doing that. You can learn about different roles and career paths within your company. If there's a career marketplace or a, a job board or a project board, or maybe discuss potential opportunities with your, your boss or HR. And number 15, the last one for individuals, stay adaptable and resilient. So things change, new challenges and opportunities will come up all the time. They always do. Things are changing all the time. So you've got to be willing to embrace change, be willing to adapt to new technologies, to processes and methodologies, show resilience in the face of challenges, and you know just be willing to pivot, right? When I talk in my book and in my keynotes, the last part, and when I talk about the five steps to earning your career, the fifth part is owning your life and being willing to pivot because you know things are going to change over time. So don't get stuck and married to this one path, but say, you know, how, how can I pivot on this as these things come up? Like, hey, we knew how to do our jobs and then AI came out of nowhere. Uh, I know it's been under, you know, in development for years, but, you know, in 2023, it seemed to really like blow up. And now we all get to think about, you know, how do I adapt to this and leverage AI to do my job better?
And so, you know, that's what we're doing, right? So be adaptable, be resilient, and that is going to serve you well in your career. So a little recap, 15 things you can be doing to set yourself up for career success during this career month and well beyond. Number one, set clear specific goals, set a vision for yourself and break those down and or, or set goals that support that. Number two, identify your strengths and areas for improvement, really get to know yourself and where you want to go. Number three, seek out learning opportunities, always be investing continuous learning. Number four, build your network or expand your network, building relationships with people one day, week, month at a time. Number five, engage in mentoring or coaching. Find people who are doing the thing that you want to do and learn from them. Number six, take on stretch assignments or look for those things that maybe you're not comfortable doing, but you know you'll learn a lot from. Number seven, foster relationships with managers and leaders and really be willing to have that career conversation with your manager about the things that you want to do. Number eight, show initiative and take ownership of your career. I'm all about taking ownership, taking responsibility. Nobody cares more about your career than you do, so you've got to be the one to own it. Number nine, document achievements and accomplishments to build your brand inside of an organization and help build your reputation and what people know about you. Number 10, stay informed about industry trends, going back to continuous learning. So you've got to keep learning and keep up to date about what's going on. Number 11, participate in professional development opportunities, training, workshops, seminars, etc. Number 12, build a personal brand online. So think about how you can engage more with people on LinkedIn. Number 13, seek feedback and act on it. Be open to constructive feedback and, and you know when it's good, then take some action, learn from it. Number 14, explore career paths within your organization or maybe even outside. And number 15, stay adaptable and resilient. So that's the 15 tips for you to own your own career and set yourself up for your own career success. As I think we've gone long enough, I am going to cut this off here and record a separate episode for leaders and those in talent development that we'll release in a couple days for how you can support them in owning their careers as well. For now, if you want more on owning your own career, again, my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is available on Amazon or my website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com. And if you go to that website, you can click on bonus resources and download a PDF of the five steps to owning your career. And if you work in an organization and you're looking for a dynamic keynote speaker to come teach and inspire your people about how to own their careers, reach out to me, andy at andystorch.com. I'd love to talk to you and see if it is a fit. All right. Thank you again for listening and I will talk to you next time.